elevates trusting all is well well is all welcome 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 back to elevated frequencies reading segment i'm your host sherry also known as shy shy also known as nylirs if this is your first time joining us again welcome thank you for joining us thank you for including yourself into the reading however i highly encourage you to go back to the first part of this series because we're now on part two of the Akata series by Nnedi Okafor. Um, But I would highly encourage you to go back to part one to understand where we got to part two, Uh, because a lot has taken place. There's been, there were, there have been a lot of initiations. There has been a lot of growth. There's been a lot of hurt. There's been a lot of fights, um, punishments. So yes, it's a lot to catch up on, but don't be overwhelmed by that because it's always going to be there for you. So regardless, if you don't catch up on it today or tomorrow, it's always there and we'll always be here. Um, So, yes, we are continuing to read Akata Warrior again by Nnedi Okafor. We are on chapters 23 and 24 for this week. Last week, we ended it with chapters 21 and 22. Um, And I wouldn't say a lot happened, but a lot happened if that makes sense. Um, They are traveling to Lagos, as we know, to go to Ekwensu um, to try to stop Ekwensu, but they have to go to um, another god, Yudaid, who is the spider goddess, or god, I should say, um, who's going to create them a grasshopper, which will get them to the actual destination um, of Lagos, I believe. So yes, they're on a, on a journey. So they had to make a pit stop at Chi Chi's uncle and aunt's house. And even with that, a lot of things took place and they did get a visit from Ekwensu. So Ekwensu is letting them know, or at least letting Sonny know, I know what you guys are doing. I am fully aware. And that can either create fear for Sonny or if she's anything like me, oh, you threatening me? Oh, okay, let me show you what it is. <laughs> um, so with that being said, let's see how Sunny is responding to the threat, or I should say the acknowledgement of such. Um, so without further ado, again, every Wednesday, this is your time. It, but if you don't have it, the time on a Wednesday, if it's at least one day out of the week that you Take your time to wind down. Regulate your thoughts. Regulate your mind. And just take that moment for you. That selfish moment for you. My readings, most max, is about an hour and 15 minutes. You deserve it. Okay. So, yes, let's get into it. All right. Chapter 23. Ibafo. The next morning, after three hours of driving, they reached the town of Ibafo, about 15 miles from Lagos, almost there. The problem was that they were again caught in a go-slow, and not just any go-slow, a colossal go-slow. It was the wrong time to be there. Sonny could just barely see the source of their woes about a mile up the Lagos Ibadan, expressway. There was a cluster of cream-colored buildings, 
and the parking lot around the largest of the buildings was packed. It was the Redemption Church Camp. Being the early afternoon of New Year's Eve, people were just arriving, and those who could not find parking in the lot were parking right on the road. The go slow was so thick that traffic wasn't moving at all. Some people even parked where they were stuck, left their car, and went on to the church. Are you kidding? Sasha shouted out the window at some people in front of them who just left their car. They ignored him as they stepped into the grass and kept right on going, wearing their Sunday best, although it was Wednesday. Can you get around their car? Olu asked. I'll try, Chuku said, driving onto the red dirt pathway near the center of the road. There was already a line of cars stuck there, and Chupu opened his window. Excuse me, sir, will you? The man in the passenger seat pinched his face and said, Na no see way, we de hook here like person with the inside rat cage? The driver ducked down to see Chukwu. You think I am fool? He snapped. The man was old enough to be their father. I let you in and the whole world will be squeezing. The people in the car in front of me have left it, Chuku said. Just let the driver close his window. What is wrong with the people here? Orlu asked, disgusted. It's not them, Sunny said. Chuku, remember when we all came through here? Chuku nodded. It wasn't this bad. But it was bad, Sonny told Orlu. People know that, so they are mean. It's faster when you don't let anyone else in. In front of them, a large truck carrying about 50 people and a great pile of oranges belched out exhaust. And the people in the back coughed and waved at the polluted air. The exhaust soon reached them and they coughed as Chuku turned the jeep on and closed the windows. When the air cleared, he opened them again. Best to save gas by not using the air conditioner. If this were a funky train, we wouldn't be here, Chi-Chi whispered. Yeah, we wouldn't be here, Sunny said in a low voice, so Chuku wouldn't hear. We'd still be at home because my parents wouldn't let me travel for so many days without Chuku. Chi-Chi sucked her teeth and opened the door to stretch her legs. Sasha got out and leaned against the car with her. It was hot and humid, and the shanties that housed a small market were booming with business, selling pure water, plantain chips, and cell phone car chargers. Sunny was looking at the cloudy sky, glad that a few of the puffier clouds were covering the sun. When the idea popped into her head, she had asked Sugar Cream about this very possibility, so she knew a little about it. Can leopard people control the weather? She'd questioned Sugar Cream one horribly hot day. The entire library had felt as if it would melt back into the earth from which it came. Or even just temperature. I'd have thought there'd be some juju to at least cool it down in here. Sugar Cream had laughed and said, Can you imagine the world we would live in if we could do that? The entire earth would be in chaos. Oh, Sunny said, leaning back on her elbows. As usual, 
She had been sitting on the floor of Sugar Cream's office. She tried her best to ignore the red spider scuttling across the floor a few feet away. The weather is the business of Chupu, Sugar Cream had said. For once, Sunny hadn't needed an explanation. Chuku was her brother's name, but he was named after someone much greater. First and foremost, Chuku was the name of the, the Igbo people used for the supreme being. The great deity known as Chuku was so inaccessible to human beings that one didn't even pray to it. If Chuku gave you audience, you probably would have no idea why and you'd be in such awe, it wouldn't really matter. But, Sugar Cream had said, raising an index finger, if the weather is already moving in a direction, we can sort of push it along. For example, if it's breezy, with some effort and consequence, a skilled leopard person can make it windy. What kind of consequence? Sugar cream had laughed loudly. <laughs> Nothing worth discussing. There's a reason not many leopard people play around with changing the weather. Now, as Sunny looked up at the cloudy sky, she wondered. She climbed out of the jeep and walked around to the other side where Sasha and Chi Chi stood smoking cigarettes. I don't want to hear it, Chi-Chi said, rolling her eyes. We're outside and there's a breeze. Sasha blew out some smoke as he scrutinized Sunny. Then he said, She's not here to whine. She's got an idea. Sunny nodded. I do, she said. Well, it'll only work if one of you guys can do it. I know I can't. She glanced at Chuku who was fiddling with the stereo. Orlu was behind him reading the Book of Shadows, his brow furrowed with concentration. Sunny nodded her head toward the sky. It's supposed to rain later today. Can you make it rain now? Either of you? They were silent as they considered. It didn't take long. If it rains... People will return to their cars, Sasha said. Sunny nodded. But only if it rains hard, a deluge that covers the road, Chi-Chi said. Exactly, Sunny said. Can you? Of course we can, Sasha said. But it's the consequences that bothers me. What'll happen? Sunny asked. It can't kill you, right? No, no, Chi-Chi said. Water no get enemy. Water is life, Sasha. Amen, Iman. Chichi was quoting fella. Sasha was quoting old proverbs and speaking in some Arabic type language. Sunny was completely lost. Sunny, get in the car, Sasha said, bringing out his juju knife. He lowered his voice. Talk to your brother in Olu for a while. We'll be right back. Chi-Chi poked her head in the jeep window. Chuku, we're going into the market to find something real to eat. Do you want anything? Chuku shook his head. 
Just want to get the hell out of here. Olu? Nothing, he muttered, his eyes still on the book. Sasha and Chi-Chi quickly walked away, and without a glance back, Sunny climbed into the car and sat beside Orlu. She wanted to explain to him what was going on, but Chu-Ku was right there. Orlu seemed too preoccupied with the book anyway. Daddy warned me not to take this way today, Chu-Ku moaned. I completely forgot. With all that craziness last night, I was distracted. We should have been there by now. Don't worry, Sunny said. We'll get there. So close, yet so far. A half hour had passed and they'd only moved up about 20 feet thanks to two cars that were pushed off the road because they'd run out of gas. Drops of rain started falling just when Sasha and Chichi returned carrying bags of Chin Chin. That's all you got? Chuku asked as Chichi got in. What took so long? There wasn't much to eat, Chichi quickly said. Sasha slowly climbed into the passenger seat. He looked ill, his face sweaty. Sunny frowned as he sat with his legs pressed together. He smiled weakly at her. Chuku looked at him, frowned, and, and asked, What is wrong with you? Just gotta pee, he said. Then go do. The rain started hitting the car in large droplets. Then it began coming down like a waterfall. Ordu looked up for the first time from the book. He looked at Sasha and then Sunny, and Sunny nodded. Turn the car on, Chi-Chi shouted. As soon as Chuku did, she closed her window. They all followed suit as the car was pounded with rain. Sasha groaned and jumped out of the car. Can't hold it, he screeched. Sonny turned away as he stood in the rain right there beside the jeep and relieved himself. When he finished, he got back in the car, still looking strained. He pressed his legs together. Whatever he had done, it had only been him who did it. She couldn't imagine Chi-Chi suffering the same problem. That would have been more complicated. What kind of rain is this? Chukwu asked, leaning forward. Outside, they could see people running for shelter and to their cars. All around them, vehicles were starting and the paved double road ran with sludgy red mud. For several minutes, it was chaos. Women in their best church clothes took off their heels to hop into cars or beneath can canopies. Men in church-appropriate suits and caftans jumped into driver's seats. The cloudburst above was like nothing Sunny had ever seen. And poor Sasha kept having to pee and pee. He was soaked from jumping outside to urinate and then getting back into the Jeep. Needless to say, Chuku was perplexed and deeply annoyed by Sasha's problem. Did you eat some bad mango? He asked, reaching beneath the seat and pulling out a blue battered chapel. He threw it on Sasha's seat. Thankfully, within minutes, the go slow began to move. Within a half hour, they'd outrun the strange weather and were cruising down the road. Sasha's peeing fit continued 
but decreased the farther they got from the Redemption Church camp. And soon, exhausted from the agony to his bladder, he fell into a deep sleep. A half hour after that, they entered Africa's biggest megacity, Lagos. Chapter 24. This is Lagos. So many people, all in a rush. In Lagos, people were perpetually on alert because anything could happen at any time. The roads were narrow, overcrowded, and littered with street traders and beggars of all kinds. There were so many rickety, golden, yellow, danfolk packed with people. Even the air quality was different. At times, it smelled like burning cedar wood, rotten medicine, garbage, exhaust. It was noxious. Was it even air? Sunny felt like she was breathing fumes, better yet, just juju powder. By the time they reached Victoria Island, her nose was running like crazy, and she'd gone through half her box of Kleenex. Maybe Lagos really was dusted with juju powder. It was a crazy idea, but she had to wonder. She'd been to Lagos with her family many times before her initiation into Lepardum and never had this problem. She'd never had any type of allergy other than being allergic to the sun. When they entered the gated community where Ebeo's aunt and uncle lived, it was like driving into yet another world, a world of super wealthy people. Sunny had been to this part of Victoria Island before when the family had visited one of her father's friends. She'd felt displaced in the same way back then, and she didn't exactly come from poverty either. Coming here after the crazy drive through Nigeria's many worlds of poverty, wealth, rural, and city, trees to concrete jungle, was even more unsettling. It was as if they left Nigeria and entered the cushiest part of the United States. The houses here were huge and glutinous in the way that they were in the wealthiest suburbs of New York. The streets were paved and pothole free, clean and lined with flowers. A white woman walked a tiny white dog. A man in a jogging suit walked fast, sweating like crazy as he shouted into his cell phone in Yoruba. Okay, we're going left. Chuku said into his phone. Ed Bale was guiding him. Oh, okay, I see it. White with the yellow Hummer in front. He laughed hard. You can drive that? <laughs> Ugh, Chichi said, disgusted. I'll bet half these people work for the government and oil companies. What's wrong with that? Chuku asked, holding the phone aside. Sasha laughed hard and shook his head. Chichi only looked salty. Okay, Chuku said into his phone. He laughed loudly, playfully dropping into Pitkin English. I they road now. I they come to your big big house. I they on you so that now they now go. They ready for me, oh? He listened for a moment and then laughed hard. Okay, oh, 
still chuckling, he ended the call. Ed Bale is ready for us. Sonny didn't feel elated at arriving. The closer they got to the house, the closer they got to their destination. Tomorrow was New Year's Day. What did the New Year have in store for her? Ebeo was waiting for them in front of the house as they drove onto the large curved driveway. He was wearing costly jeans and a brand name t-shirt. Sonny rolled his eyes. He didn't normally dress so flashily. And the neighborhood must be incredibly safe. Sonny couldn't remember seeing this type of home that was not surrounded by a concrete gate. Edbeo and Chuku hugged and slapped hands. Then Chuku introduced his friend to Sasha and Olu. When he came to Chichi and Sonny, the smile on Edbeo's face wavered. His whole demeanor was false. How much did Edbeo understand about Sonny and Chichi's involvement in the destruction of his confraternity? Was that understanding conscious or subconscious? Judging by the way he quickly turned his back on both of them, he recalled something. Sonny was glad. It would be a long time before she be forgave him for introducing her brother to the Red Sharks and slapping him in the face that night, if she ever did. Welcome. Come in, Ed Bale said, putting his arm around Chuku's shoulder. Let me show you everything. The house was enormous. There were two kitchens, one for the mistress and master of the house, and one for the house girls. Both had fully stocked and functioning refrigerators, cabinets, and cupboards, and both were used mainly by the house help, all of whom had traveled home to visit relatives until January 2nd. And even then, Ed Bale said as he gave them the full tour, my aunt and uncle won't be back from London until the 6th. The mansion had 10 bedrooms, so they all had their pick of rooms. Sonny chose one on the third floor with a small balcony. It had a thick sliding glass door and a heavy-duty lock that she tested before choosing the room. It was a bit dusty and smelled as if it had been occupied, hadn't been occupied in some time, despite the gorgeous satin sheets. Dreamlike bed with a canopy and soft, luxurious, deep blue rug. This wasn't surprising since only Ed Bale's aunt and uncle lived here. Their children were at university overseas and the house help stayed in the small house out back. So wasteful, isn't it? Chichi asked, coming in. Sunny had put her things on the small plush lavender couch outside her bed and plopped onto the cool sheets. She sighed and grinned at Chi-Chi, who rolled her eyes and sat on the floor. I'm so hungry. Me too, Chi-Chi said. I'll bet there's a whole market in all five of the refrigerators in the house. There are only two fridges. Same thing. There was a knock on her door. Come in, Sunny said. Olu had taken his shoes off and put on a fresh t-shirt. I'm in the room across the hall, he said. After your bath accident, it's probably best if I stay close. 
She can take care of herself, Chi Chi said. And she's got me. I'm next door. Olu grunted, sitting on the couch. Chi Chi smirked and pointed at the door. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, and two. The door opened. Sunny, you in here? Sasha asked. Aren't you supposed to knock? Chi-Chi asked. Sasha cut his eyes at her as he leaned against the wall, shutting the door behind him. He was carrying Udai's Book of Shadows. I'm in the room downstairs, near the front door, Sasha said. Someone's got to stand guard, right? Especially with your condition. Sunny rolled her eyes. I put up a perimeter too, Sasha added. Good idea, Olu said. Hopefully no one notices all of the lizards that'll be on the outside walls. Yeah, it's not the most discreet juju, but it's powerful. Nothing will come in without me knowing, like last night. Sasha looked at the door, locked it, and moved inside. He sat beside Chichi and Olu. He sat beside Chichi, and Olu got up and sat beside Sunny on her bed. Sunny scooted up. They were all face to face, and for several moments, they didn't speak. We go tomorrow, Sunny said. Yeah, Olu said. The market in Jay City, Chichi said. It's the biggest in Lagos. We can take a cabu cabu. Sunny frowned. But Gongo is, relax. I know how to deal with one chance robbers and any other kind of stupidity, Chichi said, holding up a hand. A jungle district, nicknamed the Jungle, or J-City, was the worst part of Lagos. Sunny's father described it as a slum, saying that it was full of garbage, poisonous water, filthy shanty towns built on muddy land, and in some places, islands of garbage. It was a place of rough, rough commerce. One chance robbers were all over Lagos, but they thrived in a jungle. And with vehicles, they were heading to a jungle. One chance robbers were guys who drove Cabo Cabo or Danfo. Their vehicles would be nearly full, so the drivers would advertise that they were giving people one more chance to get in at a reduced price. When the victim got in, he or she would be set upon by a bunch of thieves. Sonny had heard all kind of Lagos horror, th- horror stories. And of course, there was the added danger of her being albino and thus the target of ritual killers. Can't Ed Bale just drop us off? Sunny asked. Even as she spoke, she knew it was a stupid request. And bring all that attention to us with that hideous hummer? Chi-Chi asked. And like your brother, Ed Bale can't know where we are going either. Orlu added. They can't, Sasha said, shaking his head. Not even a little. They were quiet again. 
It's New Year's Day. The markets will be empty, Sunny said, her throat tight. It'll be easiest for strangers to notice us, too. Some will, Chi-Chi said. But they aren't Chuku and Edbeo. Fine, Sunny said. We take a kabu-kabu or danfo, she sat up a trader. I have the marbles. Blue? Sasha asked, looking pleased. Sunny nodded. The juju required blue marbles to work. You've read it well, Sasha said. I'm impressed. In the morning? Olu, in the morning, Olu asked. People will be too tired from celebrating to notice us, Sunny said. We'll leave at 7 a.m., she paused, looking at all of them. Sound right? They all agreed. Does anyone need to read more of this? Sasha asked, holding up the book. Olu frowned. That book is dangerous. Sasha laughed. <laughs> I know, it's awesome. Olu sucked his teeth and shook his head in disgust. And if I'd never bought it, where would we be in all of this? Sasha said. You should give it to Sunny, Olu said. Sasha shrugged and handed it over. I've read it three times anyway. Plus, it feels like holding a million scratchy spiders. He tapped on the side of his head. Got it all up here. Me too, Chi-Chi added. They slapped and shook hands, snapping each other's fingers. I wouldn't keep it too close when you go to bed, Sasha said. Sunny took the bed and asked, why? She shivered at its roughness and immediately glanced around her room, searching for spiders hiding in the corners. She'd seen a large wall spider in the room downstairs. She was reminded of one of the first lines in Udai's Book of Shadows. Even in palaces, there are spiders. Just trust me, Sasha said. Okay, Sunny said, putting the book on one of her cabinets. So, what do we tell my brother? I'll handle that, Chi-Chi said. Ugh, Sasha, Sasha groaned and got up. On that note, I'm out of here. I'm going to explore around this edifice of excessive extravagance. If my boys from the state stole this place, their eyes would pop out. I had a friend ask me just before I came here, if Africans have schools, he was a lamb, sure, but he was a black dude, like me. Black folks be so ignorant sometimes. Overconsumption is a universal human trait, Orlu pointed out, and so is ignorance. Yeah, but you've got to admit, black Americans, no. Blacks of the worlds are into self-hate more than any other group of people. I know what I had to deal with when I was in the Chi. If it weren't for me being a leopard, I'd have grown up as ignorant as everyone else. Leopard people read books by everybody and everything. We look outside and inside, but you have to be secure with yourself to do either. He shook his head. It's too hard to explain. Sonny, you know some of what I mean. Sunny nodded, but her mind was not on the problems of the Black African diaspora. She was thinking about what it was going to be like to meet with a giant, sentient spider 
who was thousands, maybe millions of years old, while she was impaired by doubling. Chukwu and Ed Bale went out to the clubs to celebrate the new year. The four of them opted to stay in. Sunny and Chi-Chi cooked up an elaborate meal of fried plantain, jollof rice, igusi soup, and gari, which is fried chicken, and pepper soup, heavy with fish. There were no tainted peppers, which was a shame. There was so much food in the house that what they'd cooked up would probably not even be missed. The business of cooking took Sunny's mind off what they laid up, what lay ahead. And she found herself laughing and joking with Chi-Chi. When they finished, exhausted from cooking and wanting privacy, Chi-Chi and Sunny sat down to eat before presenting the food to the others. Damn, this is good, Chi-Chi said, savoring a spoonful of pepper soup. Sunny took a bite out of a long slice of fried plantain. Best dinner Ever. They ate for a while, Sonny's words lingering between them. Sonny knew they were both thinking the same thing, neither daring to speak those words or thoughts aloud. Last Supper. I can't imagine this thing that's happened to you, Chi-Chi suddenly said. Sonny stopped eating. You don't have to. Chi-Chi took a gulp from her glass of orange vodka. I mean, no, I don't mean it like that, she shook her head. You're just full of surprises, Sunny. You're telling me, she muttered. You do know you should be dead, right? Sunny slammed her fork down and looked at her friend. What are you? Chi-Chi put both of her hands up, a grin on her face. Uh-uh. Bikonu, don't kill me off. I'm telling you, you are so strong and amazing, Sunny. And you don't even know it. She laughed, clapping Sunny on the back. Eat your plantain and keep on surprising everyone. Sunny bit into her plantain. And as she did, she could feel Anyangu's presence. Not like the stirring of herself, as Chichi would have felt her spirit face but as the shifting of someone outside her herself, yet who was herself. And for a moment, she saw through two sets of eyes. This had happened once before, about a week ago, when she'd woken up after a good sleep. She'd lain in her bed staring at her room, and this had gotten her thinking about her cultural halves, American and Nigerian how she'd felt always like two people in one. Then she wondered how Anyanwu felt about the American part of her. And then she knew for a moment, because she was Anyanwu, but with the broken bond, it felt like Anyanwu was separate from her. Now, it wasn't so consuming because both she and Anyanwu were angry at Chi-Chi for the same reason. Chi-Chi was watching her closely, and now Chi-Chi laughed. I see you. That's because of the doubling. Wow. I look in your eyes and see you both. 
She chuckled some more, picked up a piece of fish from her soup, and ate it. Full of surprises. When the countdown began, Sunny was so stuffed with food that all she wanted to do was sleep. But Chi-Chi had found a bottle of wine and wine glasses. And before Sunny knew it, she was carrying her first glass of wine. They all screamed, Happy New Year, and clinked glasses when the time came. Chi-Chi and Shasha shared a prolonged, nearly obscene kiss. Happy New Year, Oru said to Sunny, giving her a tight hug and planting a third kiss directly on her lips. It tasted like red wine. Happy New Year, Oru, Sunny said, looking into his eyes. There was a hint of fear in them, and she wondered if, like Chi-Chi, he saw Anyanwu in her eyes. However, she ignored this as she took another sip of coffee, a uh, sip of wine. It tasted both awful and wonderful. Here's to saving the world, Sasha said. They all clinked their glasses again and sipped. And surviving tomorrow, Sunny thought. She sipped again. Sasha put on some rap music that Sunny wasn't familiar with. It was in the Ghanaian language of Twi. Both Sasha and Chi-Chi started getting down, and even Oru smiled and laughed, doing a few moves himself. Uh-uh! Look at Oru! Chi-Chi shouted. That's nice! She imitated his steps, and soon all three of them were doing Oru's dance. Sunny felt a little dizzy from her wine, so she sat down, enjoying the moment with her closest friends. With her peripheral vision, she saw a hint of a yellow figure sitting close beside her. Happy New Year, Anyang Wu, she whispered. The yellow intensified for a moment and then was gone. But always there, Sunny thought, taking another gulp of wine. Later, after a brief phone call to her relieved parents and a 10-minute long text message exchange with Yugana, she stepped onto her balcony. Wow, she whispered, grasping the doorway. The railing was peopled with over 30 green and orange lizards. They looked at her, but not one ran away. She sat on the balcony floor and flipped through the Book of Shadows for a few minutes, but she was too tired to read. When she went to bed, she placed the book on the other side of the room near her backpack. She must not have put the book far enough because her dreams were full of scuttling and cartwheeling spiders. She stood a glowing yellow figure in a jungle that rippled and heaved with them. Red ones, black ones, green ones, small ones, and an enormous one that waited for her in the deepest, leafy darkness. The end of chapter 24. So, I don't know about y'all, but my gut is telling me that that vision is you died. Letting her know that, hey, I know you're close and I'm waiting for you.
I don't really see that as a threat. And I hope Sunny doesn't see it as a threat either. Um, but Yadiah knows she's close. So if Yadiah knows she's close, I'm sure Ekwinsu knows she's close. And I'm just wondering if there's going to be anything that Ekwinsu tries to do to try to stop her from getting to Yadiah. Or if she's going to allow her to get to Yadiah and go from there. Like, I just don't know what to expect now. This is where it's starting to turn into where I just don't know what to expect because the outcome seems to surprise me each and every time. But yes, yes, that is the end of chapters 23 and 24. Thank you for joining me this week. Um, Please join us for next week as we continue to read on chapters 25 and 26. Um, Again, this book has 30, 35, no, 36 chapters. So we're almost there, and then we the, we have the last series, the Akata Woman, which is the third installment of Sunny's adventures, in which Sunny and her friends have some unfinished business with Yadide, it sounds like. And that spider, so magnificent, it would strike fear into Anansi, which we're going to learn who Anansi is, I, I assume. So yes, it's still more. It's one more book to go in this series. Um, I hope you guys are really genuinely enjoying it. If you are not, please let me know. What are some things that I can do to improve it? How can I make my reading more engaging? Do you like when I do the accents or should I just read it normal? You know, um, that kind of thing, that feedback is what I'm looking for. Participation is key. It encourages me as well. Um, But yes, without further ado, guys, just make sure you take the time out to wind it down, my love. And slow it down, my love. Don't overwhelm yourself. It's gonna get done. So wind it down, my love. And slow it down, my love. Don't overwhelm yourself. It's gonna get done. Stay true, stay you. Until next time. Namaste.